We're starting a brand new series today. It's called Rhythm. Rhythm, right? Because doesn't it feel like the world's kind of, world's kind of gone and out of rhythm? Yeah. For the last two years, we've been all over the place. Back to church? Not back to church. Online? Not online. No, we, we've just been online, and that's the only thing. But we, it's just we seem to be out of rhythm. And In fact, um, even right now, sometimes we won't be going back to the rhythms that we're used to. And we're trying to understand our rhythms, even in our families, trying to meet people, trying to do things, trying to go shopping, running out of the car to go run into, buy something from Countdown, then running back to the car because you forgot your mask. Anybody know what you're talking about? You just kind of lose your rhythm, right? Rhythm. We're just out of rhythm all the time. This series, this series is about our vision, our vision, real love serves, and it's about getting into rhythm, getting into, more importantly, getting into God's rhythm. What is, you know, what, God, what is your rhythm for my life? My rhythm seems to be all over the place. Some of us here might be thinking, well, I've never really had rhythm, but it would be nice if I did have some rhythm, especially when it comes to music. Believe it or not, some of you are looking, believe it or not, but did you know that back in high school, I was known as a dancer? That's right. You probably, you probably said, no, that guy does not have rhythm. My wife might, may agree with you as well, as well as my children, um, but back at MC, represent, Monjir High School, uh, also known as Mangare College, um, I was known as a dancer, and I would show you some moves, but the years haven't been kind to me. Uh, so it was the early 90s. It was the, the MC Hammer time, go Hammer. You know, I'm not going to give my Hammer moves, my, my back step, my, my running man, but I'm not going to go there. But here's the thing, I was known in my high school as this dancer. But we all have this appetite to be known. We all have this appetite to be known. If you're looking for a title of today's message, it is No God. No God. Because we have this appetite to be known by someone, known by something. We, ha- we all have an audience in mind to be known. We want to be friended, liked, and followed, right? right? And so, in fact, on Facebook, I have, on Facebook, I have over 1,200 and something friends on Facebook, right? And I know hardly any of them. Okay. <laughs> my wife says, you just accept any friend request. I'm like, hey, if you want to be my friend, you know what you're going to get on when, you, when you follow me? You're going to get Jesus. That's what you're going to get when you follow me. You're going to hear me be posting stuff about church. So if you want to be my friend, you can know, you can know all about Jesus. Go ahead, friend me if you want. And so, um, and so yeah. So, but we all have this thing to be friended, followed, or liked and mentioned. Sometimes we wake up in the morning and, you know, we're going, did anybody like my post? Was I mentioned? Oh, I got mentioned. Oh, there's some, you know, there's a highlight. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anyway, <clears throat> so my kids tell me, <laughs> we, all, we all want to be envied, don't we? We don't want to be pitied. We want to be envied. Because, wow, check out that guy's new shoes. Wow, check out, check out the car that he drives. Check out, oh my goodness, went to his house. He's got a 65-inch TV. That's how I'm getting a 75. You know, we, we all want to be envied, right? Not pitied. And we've got to be careful because, because to be known is an appetite. Did you know that? To be known is an appetite. Truth is, we all live for the applause. So where did it start? It started when we were children, right? 
Daddy, what's me? Mommy, what's me? What's this there? My grandson, he keeps saying, Papa, Papa, what's this? Papa, what's this? He says it so fast. Papa, constantly. Papa, watch this. He always wants me to watch him do whatever his dance moves or whatever. Papa, watch this. Papa, watch this. Or he's playing the Xbox. Papa, watch this. I was like, I don't want to watch this. And so, but we're forever, as children, we, 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 we want to be affirmed. As kids, that's why we keep asking our parents, look at me, look at me, look what I'm doing, right? Because we want to be affirmed. When you go to the, when, you, when you're playing rugby, you're playing soccer, football, get the right terminology, football, uh, the beautiful sport, right? And so, um, right, so we all want to be, uh, be affirmed, you know, and I just remember growing, growing up and you see parents on the sideline, and they're so good. Unfortunately, in my neighborhood, when we used to play sport, there was no one on the sideline. <laughs> it was just you and the coach, right? Um, and no one, uh, and it can be hard because sometimes, here's the thing, reason why we, we, we live for the applause or we, we want to be known is because we never had our, um, our affirmation bucket filled up when we were younger. We weren't affirmed, especially from people that we love, people that were close to us, never affirmed us. And for many of us, that's our fathers, our dads. Maybe you didn't even see your dad. You didn't even know your dad. But we just didn't have our, our affirmation bucket filled. And so we, we live life looking for affirmation, for someone to affirm me, to be known. We, 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 we go to work and we want, we want our peers to affirm us, right? We, 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 uh, we, get, people get into, we can get into relationships. You ever, you ever wonder why some people find themselves in a toxic relationship and they won't leave? It's because it's that affirmation. You know, and it's not as easy. Well, just all you got to do is leave that relationship. It's not as easy as that. Affirmation is a big part of who we are, and I, oh, I just need, I, I never had this for my dad, and I finally somebody affirms me and loves me, even though this isn't a good relationship that I'm in right now, right? And we're looking for that from my bosses, even from my children. We're looking for affirmation from our children, even, even when, we, when we're now adults, we're still looking for affirmation. And we've got to be careful, because, because to be known is an appetite. And this is true of all appetites. Feed it, and it grows. I know. I've been trying to stop this from growing. <laughs> you feed it, and it grows. But here's the thing. It will never be full. It will never be satisfied. The more friends and followers you have, the more friends and followers you want. Man, I, I want to have more than Pastor Ants. <laughs> you, can have, you can have all my friends. I, I, I don't even know any of them. Um, so, which means they're not really my friends, are they? But anyway... I'm here telling about Jesus, and that's why I accept him. I accept, I accept everybody for the kingdom. Anyway, let's carry on. Don't want to justify my Facebook status. Don't you go looking for me to have a look. All right, see if Ants really does. And if you want to friend me, just friend me. I will accept your, your, your friendship. Uh, I'm also on Instagram under Mighty Ants. No, just, okay. You can follow me on YouTube as well. So, um, you know, just keep moving. This appetite to be known and followed and liked, it's, it's, it's there. And we've got to be careful. Has anybody heard of John the Baptist? He's in quite a well-known fella, don't you think? Right? Think about it. Who will be talking about you in 2,000 years from now? <laughs> Who will be talking about you in 200 years from now? Well, here we are 2,000 years ago, years later, should I say, and we're still talking about John the Baptist. What I love about John the Baptist, he never let his known appetite control him. He never did. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 1. Verse 4, and so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, 
preaching a baptism for repentance, for forgiveness of sins. Repentance is to turn away. It means to turn away. To turn away from our sins. Preaching a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. Get this. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins that were baptized by him in the River Jordan. Right? Do you know how far the River Jordan is from Jerusalem? Right? It's like a whole day hike. There was, no, there was no buses back then. There were no Ubers back then. There wasn't an Uber donkey. Right? There might have been. I have no idea. But, uh, but you, know, you would have to do a whole day hike there. Right? And it's, it, says, it says all of Jerusalem, even that if, if that's literary hyperbole, it's still thousands and thousands of people coming to see John. That's a whole day hike just to get there. It's probably another day just to sit and listen to him teach and go get baptized in the water. Another hike back. That's three days. That's a three-day commitment. He had thousands and thousands of people turning up. Right? Was John well-known? He was well-known. He was really well-known. Everybody knew him. Now, the Jewish leaders, they were a bit concerned. They were going, who was this guy? He just appeared in the wilderness, <laughs> and he's preaching, and he's baptizing people. What's going on? Who is this guy? So they send some of their Pharisees along to go question him to find out who he is. Verse, uh, John chapter 1, verse 21. Let's jump to the book of John. Chapter 1, verse 21. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. See, they thought that he might be the Messiah as, as, the, as the prophet Malachi spoke about in his writings. He, they thought he was one, because Malachi said there will, there will come a prophet like Elijah. He's going to do stuff like Elijah. So, so they said, are you that guy? Are you that Messiah? Are you that person like e, e, Elijah? Is that you? Are you that prophet? He said, no, that's not me. It's not me. It's not who I am. Verse 22, finally they said, then who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourselves? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Did you see that? You know what he said? He said, look, I'm just a sign. I'm just a signpost. I'm just a sign pointing to the Messiah. That's all I am. I'm nothing special. I'm just a signpost. I'm just a directional marker pointing, pointing to the Messiah. He declared that his knowingness was to make the Messiah known. The only reason why you and I, am, I am well known is to make the Messiah known. My knowingness is for to make the Messiah known. Let's go to verse 24. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned them, then why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Do you see what John just did there? See what he did there? He said, even though I've got a large following, even though there's lots of people coming out to see me, I'm just a signpost. It's not, it's not about me. It was never about me. 
I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. It was never about me because it was all about the Messiah. My knownness was to make him known. Verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him. Right, this is the moment. He said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Wow, that's a massive declaration. You know that that guy you thought I was? (laughs) You know that guy? The guy that Malachi talked about? That other Messiah? You know know that guy who's going to take away the sins of the world? That's him. This is why I was known. My knownness is to make Jesus known. He's the one. Carry on. Verse 35. The next day, John was again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. He says it again. But something interesting happens next. This is what happens. Verse 37. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. You know what that meant? That meant they unfollowed John, right? They unfollowed John. Have you ever been unfollowed before? Have you ever been unfriended before? That's the ultimate. That's it. I'm going to unfriend you. I'm going to unfollow you. You're right. That's like the official statement that I'm no, we're no longer friends. <laughs> you know, we're no longer friends. And then, you know, if you meet some of the, those, you, you know, it's not, obviously it's not you, you know, meet people, they've, uh, they've now, I've stopped following them now. And then oh, I'm no longer friends anymore. And then next time they're friended again. And then a month later they're unfriend. Friend, it's like, what's going on here? You're like a yo-yo going back and forth, you know. So here's the thing. To follow Jesus meant that John was unfollowed, right? You know what? That did not bother John one bit. You know, it bothered those who followed him. It, it bothered those around him, but it did not bother John. John chapter 3, verse 26. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man, you know that man? The one that you said was the lamb, lamb of God? That man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about? You know, the one that you said is going to take away the sins of the world? You know, that fellow over there? You know, just over there, look, he's baptizing and everyone is going to him. Everyone is going to him. Are you, every, do you know what everyone means? It's like everyone was going to John, but now everyone's going to Jesus. You know, all of a sudden, there's a, there's a competition in ministry. Everyone used to come to this church. Now they're going to that church. What's going on here, right? And this is, this is, this is well, I'm trying to look for a comparison in ministry, right? This is, this is what's going on. And, and here's the thing. The, um, John's followers are trying to give warning signs. That fellow, look, he's, he's taking all our followers. He's stealing all our, stealing all our sheep, right? He's taking them all. And, and, and look, he's doing stuff. He's baptizing people. They're saying it as if it was a bad thing. That saying is like, like someone going to, going to another church is a bad thing or something like that. They, look, it's a bad thing. But I love what John says because what John says next is a game changer. What John says next is a game changer. This, the statement that he says next prepares you when people stop following you, when people unfriend you, right? Because it's not nice to be unfriended. No, it's not nice to be unfollowed. It's not nice to be not liked anymore. 
This prepares you for the time when, when you're no longer the star. This prepares you for the time when, you're, when all your glory days are now behind you. This prepares you for the time when no one follows you anymore. You've ever been there before. Whenever everyone around you has deserted you. What John says next prepares you for that such moment. Verse 27. To this, John replied, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. Did you get that? Whatever we get from meaning. Jesus was, um, John wasn't worried about followers. John is saying that all my knowingness, who I am, that's my success, it all came from God anyway. You know, who I am, how God made me, it all came from Him. So all this, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people think. It was never about them. Because what matters is that God knows you. He knows you. God knows me. That's what matters because it all comes from heaven. If it comes from heaven, then he created me. If it came from heaven, everything that's inside of me is from him. And he knows that what's in me is greater than, uh, than he that is in the world because the Holy Spirit lives within me. God dwells within me. He's with me. It, doesn't, it does not matter what anybody thinks. It does not matter if people unfollow me, unfriend me, because what matters is what God thinks. That is what matters. Because it all comes from heaven. Because God knows me. It all comes from heaven. Everything good comes from God, which means that God deserves the credit. See, when I'm succeeding, I'm giving God the glory. It all came from him. When he gives, I can be thankful. When he takes away, I move on. <laughs> I'll move on. If, if he closes the door, he closes the door, move on. It's okay. It all comes from God anyway. It does not matter. It's all from him. All my knowingness is a gift, and I will not make the mistake of thinking that it's all about me. Right? Oh, everyone's, no one's following me anymore. You know what? It's not about me. <laughs> it's all about him. My knowingness is to make him known, and he knows me, and that's what matters. That's what really matters. Verse 28. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I am sent ahead of him. He's been telling them the whole time. Look, you guys are so concerned about what we're doing there. Actually, it was all, always about making Jesus known. God opens the doors and he closes doors. He opens us, be thankful, he closes doors, let's move on. It's all about him. And I love what he says next because what, what John says next has been a foundation verse for my life. He must become greater, I must become less. My desire to be known doesn't own me. It doesn't own my desire to be known doesn't own me anymore. Doesn't own me. I don't need affirmation from anyone else because God affirms me, because He knows me. May I be less and may Jesus be more in my life, meaning that I trust in your wisdom. Not in my wisdom. My wisdom, I find myself in there as mistakes. All my greatest regrets came from my own wisdom. So Lord, may I be less, may you be greater in my life, because I trust your wisdom for my life. To know you. The more I know you, the more I step into your wisdom. So what does this mean for us? It means that we are already known by God. 
He already knows. You may be in this room. You may, you may know nothing about God. You may know nothing about Jesus. But he knows everything about you. Everything. You know why? Because he made you. He created you. And he knows what's inside of you. He knows your heart cry. He knows your pain. His plans for you are good and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. It means that we no longer have to live for the applause of anyone else. I don't have to live for the applause of, of a father who was never there, trying to walk in these shoes with the shadow over me, and he's not even around anymore. I'm still trying to walk, and I'm still afraid to make a mistake. It means you don't no longer have to walk in anyone else's shoes or anyone's shadow. That you walk in the purpose that God has given. Because when you encounter God, you discover purpose. Because He knows you. You don't have to live for the applause of anyone else, the approval of your boss, the approval of your wife, your, your husband, your kids, or anyone else. Because it's all about God's approval. Because He knows you. He knows you. At the end of the day, take a deep breath and listen to the applause from heaven. It's all for the one who gave us these opportunities. It's all for the one who gave us life. In the end, the applause of heaven is the only thing that matters. The only thing that matters. It is all from God and it is all for God. Our knowing is to make him renowned. Because I am known to make him known, to know God. I am known to make him known, to know God. See, it can be very dangerous for me to fall in the trap of my own knowingness, right? <laughs> on, my own, on my own knowingness of what other people think about me. Because my knowingness is to make Jesus known. You know, before I became a pastor, I... I worked for New Zealand Post um, at the airport, right? Because that's if you live in Mangere, everyone works at the airport. <laughs> See, here's the thing. When you go to, we all, we, all, we all sense pressure to fit in, right? Because the pressure to fit in, when, especially when you're working in a robust environment at the airport uh, with everyone else there from, from your neighborhood and things like that, there's that, there's that pressure just to fit in with everyone else, what everyone else is doing. Right? There's all these social norms and because uh, and it's, it's this whole thing of to be known, to be liked, because we all want to be liked when we go to a place. And the pressure is real. The pressure is real. But you know what? What was you know what was important to me? It wasn't my knownness. My knownness wasn't important to me. What was what was important to me was knowing God. That was what was more important to me than anything else. So I didn't join in with any of the social norms of the workplace. I didn't I didn't join in with the crash jokes. You know those crash jokes and everyone starts laughing, you start laughing. You Now you joined in. Right? Those crash jokes. I didn't join in with any of those crash jokes. I didn't go to the Friday night drinks, <laughs> aka binge drinking. I didn't join in with any of that. I didn't go. All I did is this. I worked hard and I gave every single person the utmost respect. Just worked harder and respected everyone around me. Because it wasn't about me. 
I didn't care what anybody thought about me. They were, on the weekend, after, on the Monday, everyone got on and started talking about their booze up on the weekend. I talked about the amazing time I had at church. That's what I talked about. I didn't care what anybody thought of me because it was all for his applause. I've, I eventually became um, a team leader there. I became the youngest team leader this mouse center, international mouse center ever had. Because when you work for New Zealand Post, especially in the international mouse center, you're there for, to gen, it's, there's, no, um, there's no revolving door, right? There's no turnover. Even when you're there, it's like, they used to call it the Hotel California. Once you check in, you can never leave, <laughs> right? And so and all these guys have been there for 20, 30, 40 years, and now you've got this little upstart is in there. But you know what was amazing? My team started asking me about God. They just started asking me about God. And I said to them, tell you what, how about if we do a Bible study at work? And he was like, yeah, let's do a Bible study. And so I started a Bible study in my job, in my workplace, in my own workplace. And I said, look, the only day I can give is Friday nights. You know what happens on Friday nights? Friday night drinks. So I said, look, give me six weeks. So, and they put their Friday night drinks on hold for six weeks so I can do this Bible study with them. After six weeks, four people gave their hearts to Jesus. Four people, four people, they began to know God. They knew Jesus as the Lord and Savior. Our knownness is to make Him known. In our workplaces, See, it's not so people look at, look at a pastor and say, oh, this is your job to do this. Actually, we've been called wherever you've been placed, in your place of education, in your community, in your homes, your families, your workplace. You don't have to do, oh, oh, please don't give me, I don't have to start running Bible studies or anything like that. Don't, you know, that's just, uh, that's just the way that I'm wired. But God made you the way you are. So you don't, don't feel, don't, please don't understand me. Don't misunderstand me. Don't go start running Bible study if that's not who you are. Just, just start giving everybody the utmost respect, right? And when people start talking about God on the weekend, just talk about, yeah, I went to church. That's how it starts. Because my knowingness is to make him known. To know God. To know God. Hamilton Elam is not here so we can make Elam known, <laughs> right? Every other church around Hamilton isn't our competition, I've got to make, we've got to get bigger than them. Oh my gosh, you what they're doing? It was never about that. Every church that is in Hamilton is about making him known. We're just a signpost. That's all I am. Nothing special about me. I'm not even, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. I'm just a directional marker. When you turn up every Sunday, all I'm doing is this. It's all about him. You're sitting there thinking, why is he putting at the ceiling? <laughs> it's all about him. Our vision is that God is real in every part of your life. Because I'm known to make him known, to know God.